superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rich Eisen, your room is ready. Okay, thanks very much. <laughs> this is the Rich Eisen Show. Oh, he's going to get to jog around the bases! <laughs> Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I do want to give you the floor on Shohei Otani and what we're seeing. I read an article this morning about, you know, Babe Ruth only pitched and played the outfield in 218 games. And he said, you know, you can't do both. Well, Otani can. Earlier on the show, NBA analyst John Barry. Giants running back Saquon Barkley. Still to come, NFL veteran Jared Bunch. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Uh, coming up uh, on this program, um, a guy went to I went to Michigan with. Uh, never knew him. Uh, rooted like crazy for him. Uh, Jared Bunch, 86 to 90. That's when I was at the University of Michigan. My experience, uh, however, uh Apparently a bit different than his. Um, his piece in Sports Illustrated a couple of weeks ago um, made uh, for a lot of us at Michigan um, made the scandal that appears to be breaking out uh, uh, in the athletic department on the campus there a lot more personal. And, you know, uh, as I told everybody when I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, I, 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 I was talking about what was going on the campus at Penn State. We were on the air when that was going down. We were on the air when the Ohio State wrestling um, team started talking about their awful experiences. Um, Michigan State with the doctor that was on that campus talked about all of that. So just because it's happening in my house, my family, my alma mater doesn't mean that I'm not going to talk about it when uh, when when it's uh, appropriate. And certainly uh, Jared Bunch reaching out to me and saying, hey, uh, did you see what I wrote in Sports Illustrated? And um, a lot of people are asking me to come on their shows to talk about it, and I don't want to talk about it a lot, so what about your show? So I said yes, and he's going to join us in about 18 minutes' time. That's coming up. Um, Also on the show we're talking about right now what – what if this if the Rich Eisen show was on every day on BBC Sports on Peacock, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this would have consumed the entire show and certainly would have been the lead item. Um, and 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 that is um, what happened in extra time between England and Denmark in the European Championship um, semifinal yesterday 
which was a penalty call in the box that was called and then upheld on VAR, on video replay, mm-hmm. on Raheem Sterling, of who's been quite Sterling Dynamite. For, uh, for England. And I still don't see the foul. <laughs> um, Ron Burgundy? No, I know. I, I mean, I, I, I know the, the defender marking Sterling for Denmark stepped in front of him. Yeah. And did, in my estimation, appear to remove his leg before there was any contact. I, I didn't see any contact with the defender that had stepped in front of him that caused him to stumble. And Harry Kane took the penalty kick that was awarded to England and upheld on video replay. And um, Schmeichel, the goalie for Denmark, stopped it. Mm -hmm. Only to have Kane bang in the rebound. And he stopped the initial penalty kick after it appeared... To take a laser in the face from somebody in the crowd in Wembley. And that's not cool. It appears the um, the fans in Wembley uh, and the folks in the UK and in England are beginning to learn um, what we here in the States learned from a lot of NBA fans when the pandemic was over and we're starting to get a lot of fans back in (laughs) pandemic's not over as we know, but um, fans are forgetting how to behave. Now I understand that that's gone. That's a tradition that stands the test of time with soccer fans, football fans. And, but I mean, booing the national anthem. I think Gary Lineker already sent out a tweet saying, to the fans in London, you know, at Wembley, don't boo the Italian national anthem. It's boorish and it's something you shouldn't be doing. Um, but shining, shining the, um, the the laser at a goalie before a, a penalty kick in extra time in a European Championship semifinal? Like, what the hell are you thinking? It's aggressive. Aggressive. It's yeah. it's stupid. It's awful. Yeah. I don't think that was – and I, look, I know I am not an expert. I'll get a lot of stick-to-American football tweets maybe <laughs> from our friends across the pond, which I'm mandated to say as an American sportscaster. I didn't see the foul. No, me neither. I mean, unless it's in the books that if you step in front of somebody and don't make contact if you invade their space, you know, it's a dangerous play. Like even if you in the NBA leap into a landing area and then right. remove yourself before the person lands, that's tech that could technically well, be called a, times, a dangerous too, play. Or if you make contact with the ball before you make contact with the player, that's usually fair. But in video replay, goal. I guess it wasn't, you know, clear and obvious or whatever the phrase that they use. Like the NFL that enough to that overturn that their heels didn't clip. Yeah. That if the ruling on the field was no foul, there wouldn't have been a penalty kick. Saving the good friends of ours in England, the awful development that Jared Harris, the Emmy-nominated actor from England, was saying to us when he was on his show just 40 minutes before 
the match began, whatever it is, I, I just don't want to lose it. I don't want any penalty kicks. I just can't have it. So, one other observation, just to piss off fans uh, uh, in Europe who think I don't know what I'm talking about. Really love they bring the ball out with that little car. All of yeah, us I really enjoy that. Cars, I mean, we enjoy that. What a what car. a what a what a stroke of genius of of uh, um, uh, advertising and and sponsorship activation. We'd like that. Plus, uh, who doesn't love a little car? Who doesn't love a little Who's... little car coming out with a ball on it, and it just comes out and zips out, and they thank you for the ball, and it just zips right zips back zips. out. The only thing better would be do it with an actual dog. Like I love dogs who go out and take the right. kicking tee and, and remove, you know, yeah, and yeah, balance. Dogs, phenomenal. The best. Who's driving the car? Who's yeah, who's like, operating? Yeah, who's, who's operating? Harry King. <laughs> That's how good he is. He's, he's, he's doing it. That's how terrific he is. His hair never moves. No, they tell Ronaldo, hey, look, would you mind sticking around just for a few more matches? <laughs> drive because, the ball car out. Yeah. We, we need you to drive the ball out. Mbappe, I know you missed the PK oh, to extend, but we need you to drive the I, I, I really enjoy that little car. I do. I, I like it. We love it. Like when it comes out, it's a little car. Last time we reacted like that to a car was when TJ had a chance to win one and didn't. Like they do the Two walkout cars. with the players, they should do cars. like the car driving out. They gotta like follow the car. Well, you got a chance to win a car and two, two motorcycles. No, 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 no. You had a chance to win a car. I had a chance to win key. two cars. What was the second car? Oh wait, a minute. I didn't because I forgot she didn't pass. That she one. didn't pass that one. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you could have won if you had bid for both. You could have won I was both showcases. Of the two motorcycles. If you were ninety million dollars over. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. All right, that's my way of setting up TJ Jefferson because um, you you know today is the 11th anniversary of the famed decision of LeBron James yeah. getting some considerable real estate on ESPN to announce to the world where he was going to play basketball and the entire city of Cleveland on pins and needles. And there's a video that I saw on Twitter today of uh, Dwayne Wade being in a group of friends and David Fisdale was sitting to his left, um, you know, and I'm assuming he was on the, the heat staff at the time. And uh, he was watching on TV like everybody else mm-hmm. when LeBron made that decision. And I give you the floor on that subject matter. Well, you know, the funny thing about that decision, I just had something pop up on my Facebook 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I, I posted this. A lot of people went anti LeBron when that happened, of right? Course. It was to me, me, I looked at it like I looked at the positive about all the money he raised for the boys and girls club. And yes. yeah, it was what, sixty minutes and it was long, long. And it could have been condensed to five minutes, but people really took umbrage to LeBron and it made him probably the number one heel in all of sports at that moment. People really didn't like the fact that he either A left Cleveland for, you know, taking his talents to Miami and B, that they did the whole pomp and circumstance. So with yesterday also being the 25th anniversary of, in my opinion, in many people's opinions, the greatest heel turn in the history of wrestling and maybe all sports when Hulk Hogan walked to the ring at Bash at the Beach, joined Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, Scott Hall and formed the NWO. So it had Brockman and I thinking like, 
what were some of the all-time great okay. heel turns in sports. And okay. then it just so happened that today was the decision. Yeah, we did not plan that. <laughs> didn't plan that, so we had to plug that in right away as sure. being yeah. one of the greatest heel turns along with Hulk Hogan's. And Chris, you had one right off the bat. Yeah, right, so right off the bat, it just added to about LeBron. Like They burned his jersey in Cleveland. Now, that was the fir- well, one of the I mean, first instances I really remember of fans just going nuts and burning jerseys. But, mm. you know, he played for the Cavs, whatever. He went to Miami. And then I think what really turned people off was the not one, not two. Yeah. <laughs> not, they thought they were going to win seven titles, whatever they want to. But for me personally, when you think about the 2004 Boston Red Sox and the face kind of of that team, yeah, there was Manny and there was David Ortiz and there was Pedro. But Johnny Damon, mm. kind of like him and Kevin Millar personified the idiots, what they call themselves, the cowboy up, uh, the long hair, the beards, the naked pull-ups and shots of Jack Daniels. But then, Rich, you know what happened after that season? You went to the Yankees. Damon went to the Yankees. I remember. Uh, cut I his think, hair. I think it was. Yeah. Shaved his beard. I, I, I saw the, the red. There was like a, a, a shirt that Red Sox fans wore that said, uh, hits, hits like Mary, looks like Jesus, acts like <laughs> Judas. Yeah. I saw that. Oh, yeah. I saw that, that shirt. That was one of those like t-shirt vendor outside. I saw Fenway. that. Oh, yeah. Because that was when the whole Yankee suck thing was a huge deal and the t-shirts and. Okay. So Johnny, but Johnny Damon, like being the face of our curse-ending championship after all these well, years. I'll tell you, Yankee fans were terribly happy Yankees. about that too. But you know, I mean, we already we already sucked it up with it's Wade Boggs, like you know, and that was terrific oh. with him on a horseback. But and he didn't, you know, he wasn't all lights out either. No, he was not. I mean, kind of like Jacoby Ellsbury, he was not good for right. you guys. But just for me personally, like. I'll never like Johnny Damon ever again. Well, just, just as a fan, Johnny Damon was nice enough to uh, he help came, get Zan uh, on onto the stage at uh, Dancing with the Stars. And he came in here later. once, and they, like you know, I kind of held it all back. But like, <laughs> why? Well, like, why did you go to them? Because they paid you ten extra million dollars? Like, come on, bro. So what else? What else you got? Well, we got um, another one, a big one in the NFL was when Art Modell oh, packed the trucks up boy. and left Cleveland and headed That's to twice uh, on Cleveland. That's yeah, that's too Cleveland. Yeah, that's too Cleveland. Sorry, Cleveland. they were burning Sorry, sports Cleveland. coats there. <laughs> and um, oh my yeah, gosh, the I entire city was not oh, happy. Probably to this day, not happy with yeah, Art Modell. He's, he's a four-letter word. Well, I think they're you know, uh, they're 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 happy the Browns are back. You know, yeah, but do you, I know? But I that know. especially that Browns team that left, they almost immediately. Belichick was a coach. And then they won a Super Bowl yeah. not that long after in Baltimore. Well, it certainly helped that they got their draft choices in the first two were Ogden and Ray Lewis. I mean, yeah, so as, a, as a Browns fan, you had to have looked at the, the Ravens' success and that you're already upset that your team <laughs> yeah, left. Yeah. Yeah. But then you've got these generationally tremendous players yeah. in Ogden, Ray Lewis. They're winning, what, they've won two Super Bowls. And I so, just don't know. I mean, you know. In this day and age now, I mean, yeah. certainly with everybody jumping on the Browns and for good reason right now, I think, you know, there will be some people that will be like, you took our team away. There's a whole generation of play, uh, of, of fans now who, are, don't who don't remember all that in the same way that Kyler Murray doesn't remember ever knowing that the Cowboys were good. Yeah, it's the yeah, same but, time, but same exact time. The, the Browns moved when the Cowboys last won a Super Bowl. So. But there's a generation of fans who do remember this. And- That's true. Another big yeah. one in the NBA, also more recently, was remember when Kevin Durant jumped and joined the Warriors yeah, after they'd won seventy three games. Uh, that no was doubt. kind of a huge one. Oh yeah, that kind of turned uh, 
turned his, how people viewed him in a lot right. of people's you, minds. If you can't beat him, join him. Yeah, because yeah. they had just beat OKC oh, yeah. after OKC had a 3-1 lead, and yep. then he went and joined, and yep. it was like, come on, bro. But also, not a bad move. I mean, kind of worked out. Kind of worked out. Yeah, Made a ton of money. Move. Won two championships, yeah. two finals oh, MVPs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely worked out for Kevin Durant. As a but. basketball fan, it was fun to watch that much talent yeah. together. Yeah, but yeah, as yeah. someone whose team's... Yeah, I have two teams, whatever. Uh, <laughs> had to watch these teams dominate. That wasn't that well, much Well, also fun. just knowing that you had no chance. When they were healthy, your team had no chance. Yeah. What else you got? You got any more? That was one kind more? of the ones off the top of our head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were trying stuff, to think guys. of some more NFL I, I, I will say too. this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll head to break here. Um, I think if LeBron, and now obviously they might not have raised as much money for their charitable ventures mm-hmm. that night, but if they, if they had Jim Gray basically say to him, you know, your decision is is what? Well, we'll say that right after the break. And if they did it within 10 minutes, 15 minutes of it starting, um, may have been looked at that would have been different. Yeah, and then yeah. spend the next, you know, 15 minutes interviewing him why he made this decision, Yeah, you know, and getting into it there and ending it at a half an hour. I, I think it would have been a totally different thing. It, the fact that they were like made a big thing out of it, it, like, come on, like what's going on? And we had no idea it would be a 50-minute long wait. Crazy. You know, and it's just like, okay, so now you're wasting my time. You're making it bigger than it needs to be. You're making it about yourself, even though it was done that way to keep us there, to put the spotlight on all the kids that were there. I think if it was done differently, there might have been less of a backlash Probably. around the country. Perhaps not Cle- in Cleveland, Cleveland would have still obviously been yeah. a different story. Yeah, so. And then he goes home and he wins one for the land anyway. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back here uh, just uh, in, in advance. It's a very um, serious subject matter, and it is also a sensitive subject matter, and it is one that is not maybe not for uh, a lot of people's ears of a certain you know age. So if you got kids there, just understand. Jared Bunch, my friend and fellow Michigan man when we come back on The Rich Eisen Show. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a big day. I did not know this, but we found this out. That today's the 48th anniversary of the very day that you had a summit, a Muhammad Ali summit with Lou Alcindor, you and Bill Russell, all part of raising awareness in local communities back in 1967, June 4th, 67, 48 years ago today. I'll make it simple. Sure. 
Back in those days, those were the top athletes. You know, we had about 12 of them. I can't call all their names. But uh, the mayor of Cleveland, Carl Stokes, the first black mayor of a major city, was also a part of it. And what we wanted to do was call attention to the fact that Muhammad Ali could be telling the truth about his religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so we summoned him to Cleveland, summoned the top athletes, had about five hours with him, totally convinced that he was sincere, and then we backed him 100%. And I think that helped the government take a second look and later on they dropped all charges. And that was the purpose of this the summit that, that you had? Well, yes, that in- was the purpose to say that this young man has a right to his religious beliefs mm-hmm. and they're like conscientious objectives. Objective. So why not, you know, let him do what he's going to do? Well, it's not illegal. Players today don't really speak out on social issues. And the ones that do run into quite a lot of flack on social media, which I know you're on as well, or at other places basically saying, stick to sports. I watch my sports to avoid thinking about the real world. Where do you stand on this subject, Jim, certainly with the athletes of today? Boy, you really put that well. I mean, that's brilliant the way you did that. Uh, Conscientiously, uh, that's true. But it's always special people that step up. So when I talk about Curtis Martin, I give you a name sure. of a conscientious young man that wants to help. When I say Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis is one of the greatest motivators in this country. He did it uh, for the Ravens for all these years, and now he's a part of this whole movement. So I say to the young people that have the money and have the influence, you must step up. There's an epidemic. And we're going to put a situation together that you can step up and you're going to be supported by like-minded people. And uh, there are a lot of them. You have some great young people that will step up if they're given the right leadership because a lot of them are leaders themselves. They just don't know how to really make it work when their agents and managers are telling them how to make the money. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, The subject matter of this segment and the interview we're about to conduct is very sensitive in nature. Um, And I I say this uh, just as a heads up, certainly to any parents out there, if there are kids in the room, because it is summer break, if there's anybody um, who's uh, of a certain young age or something like that who might potentially be disturbed by the conversation we're about to have. I give you that fair warning, a heads up here on NBC Sports on Peacock and this um, Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate, but it's an important subject matter. And again, it's very sensitive, certainly when you're talking about sexual abuse um, in a sports program. And uh, I, I, I talked about this just a couple weeks ago when the subject matter certainly um, was uh, laid bare uh, involving my alma mater, which makes it very sensitive for me personally as well, that um, if I'm going to be on this show talking about this subject matter when it happened at Penn State with a football coach or at Michigan State and, and Ohio State and the Big Ten as it happened with doctors at those facilities and those institutions of higher learning in the Big Ten, then I'm, I'm going to be consistent and talk about it here on the Rich Eisen Show. And in that vein in that mold is how I bring in my next guest who reached out to me 
wanting to talk more about what he talked to Sports Illustrated about in a very moving article with the cover story being Jared Bunch doesn't want to tell you this story, but he will. And he's now here on the Rich Eisen Show, somebody who was on the team that I saw from 86 to 90 when I was on the campus and then spent many years in the National Football League as well. Jared Bunch here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Jared? Uh, Rich, I'm doing all right. You know, I'm I'm good. I'm good. You know, just this situation is not something that I enjoy, but me talking about it has brought a lot of, uh, I'm hoping to bring a lot of clarity. And it's also people have been reaching out to me and um, thanking me for doing something. I just thought I was, you know, I'm just telling the truth of what happened. And I'm not the only one. It's, you know, this is, I would say 80% of the guys that went to University of Michigan all went through the same thing. I mean, we, that was a, that was the way he did a physical period. He being Dr. Robert Anderson, who was at the school at the time. And, you know, um, I, I, like I said, part of the, one of the many reasons why I wanted to talk and have this conversation with you, Jared, is, is because so many people that I went to school with and, 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 um, at the time, as well as since, want to know what to think about all this and what to believe and what to understand and what to what to comprehend and and take in. So I'll I'll give you the floor on that uh, as to what did happen to you and what you want us to know about Jared. What what you know the way I look at it is what happened to me was what happened to all the players, the football players that I went was playing with from my years from 86 to 90, 91, when I left University of Michigan. We all went through the same physical. If you saw Dr. Anderson, he did the same type of physical. He did a rectal exam. He did, um, you know, check your prostate and, and did all these other things that we had never been through. But my first time going there, it was it was this, it was a discussion. You know, the guys on the team, older guys, all talked about. You know, all right, you get ready to go see a. You know, doctor dropped the draws. You know, that was it. I mean, it was it was not like a something that you got in there. You a big surprise. Everybody went through it. It was just something that it was the physical, and I didn't even know that it was a difference until I got to the pros. When I had a physical with the pros, it was, I'm like, that's it? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, um, that was, and that was it. I mean, that was the atmosphere at, at Michigan was, you know, if you're going to see him, you're going to drop the draws. Well, and, and some people might be hearing this, Jared, and thinking, well, shouldn't a doctor be checking for, for prostate cancer, um, even though, Obviously, that sort of stuff doesn't usually manifest itself until later in life. But you thought that the 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 manner in which the physical was being conducted unnecessary is that is that what you're saying? After I, at the whole time that I'm at Michigan, I didn't I I never had any physical like this, so I didn't know. I thought that was the way physicals went, mm-hmm. and the talk from all the players and and prior to it and after and everything else. Was you know you gonna you gonna stick your finger you gonna stick your finger in your butt and you know that was the talk. Um, 
and he's going to have you doing this, and he's going to have you doing that. Before you get there, you get in there, everybody was talking, you know, what, what to expect. So that was the physical. That was what we, I understood and everybody else understood. I just found out that everybody didn't go through that. And when I say, when I'm saying that everyone was talking about it, the people who I was around, that would be the running backs and offense. And the freshmen, we, when we came in as freshmen, we had our own locker room. We stayed together because they wanted us to grow up together. Mm-hmm. That's what we, you know, that's what we, we talked to. And whatever upperclassmen that you were around, that's who you got your information from or what to expect. So we became those upperclassmen after the first year. And this was every year. The physical was the same. You do that and then you, you, <laughs> you tell the guys, you know, what to expect. Now, sometimes... Um, throughout the year, if you had to go back and see him, for whatever reason, he was always, it was always, you know, basically, you go in there, he'll have, he'll ask you to drop the jobs. Even if, um, even was, if, even if what you were going for did not, requ- you know, was, was not, uh, he, he, he'd say that to you, even if you had like an upper body injury or something like that. So what you're saying? That, 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 that's what I'm saying. So, Jared Bunch here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, did you ever or anybody else ever complain to the coaching staff that what's going on with the doctor is something that is uh, making you uncomfortable? Did you ever communicate something like that? Or you or any of your teammates ever communicate any something like that to the coaching staff at the time? We had discussions. I never had to go and say, um, I never went and said uh, a complaint. Because it seemed, for me to see him, I personally had things with a groin or a stomach or something that it made sense that you have to drop. But as I'm saying that I've come out, guys are now telling me, man, I used to go there for a headache, I go there for a concussion, I go there for whatever. But I'm saying to them, how come you guys are not saying anything now? Even though I came out, I know I'm not the only one. Why aren't you guys saying anything? And they don't want to rock the boat. Currently. They do not want to look. Currently. Do not want to look. Currently is what Hello? you're saying. You're saying currently. Yes. That's the, what currently. you're talking about. I'm okay. saying currently. Since, since, since this has come out, since the uh, article has come out, guys have been all comment, calling me, emailing me, texting me. They don't. It has become a this, us against them. You know, it's more like an athletic department versus the, academic department or younger players versus the older players. Some of the older players, you know, they don't want, they don't want Bo's name to be tarnished this way, you know, because people now they're talking about um, taking his, his, his statue down on and they, and they're like, no, I don't think Bo knew about it. Even though we are, and it's the exact words, even though we all went through the same thing, I don't think Bo knew. So if they're going to try to get, the statue taken down, all that. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't think he knew. So it becomes this. Yeah, it happened, but I don't think he knew about it. So I don't want to create no problems. Jared Bunch here on the Rich Eisen Show from the University of Michigan, eighty-six to ninety, as well as uh, the National Football League. Um, after that, and he was um, subject of 
Um, the Sports Illustrated article does not want Jared Bunch does not want to tell you this story here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. Do you? Uh, this is the ultimate question then, because again, this is what I get asked all the time. And um, do you do you think that Bo Schembechler knew that um, some untoward activity, at the very least, was happening uh, in the medical room with the physician that had been on staff for all those years, Jared? This this is this is where how I answered that. I never told him, but when I look over the course and I look at the, the Wilmer Hale report back in 1972, Bo was told that Anderson was doing some things to players and Bo told the player to go see the athletic director. He told him to write a letter and see the athletic director and report it. That player reported it back in 1972 about Anderson. So it was reported back then. It was going on since then. Did I ever say it? And that, like I said, like, players don't want to get involved. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to say it because no player ever said, hey, he, he, well, I can't say no player ever. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say it. The culture was you were not – Bo didn't want you in the, the medical – Staff. He didn't want you seeing the medical staff. He didn't want you in the training room. He didn't want you around it. So that was that was it. So that part, I understand why no one said anything. I ain't saying that because I didn't want to say nothing. I thought it was that was par for the course. That was it. Everybody was getting the same thing. So it's nothing to say. What am I saying? Am I looking like oh everybody's getting it, but now I'm the one that's complaining. I'm the one that's soft. That that was the culture that you didn't want to say anything. And like today, right now, players are like, nah. Yeah, we all went through it, but if they're going to tarnish his name, I don't think he knew. Well, he didn't know because none of us said anything to him. Mm. But from 1972, he knew what Anderson was. That's what I had the problem with. I didn't know. You know, when I got there in 1986, I didn't know past. I didn't know Dr. Anderson's past and what he had been doing, what he had been uh, accused of and what the report says he was doing. The Wilmer Hale report is referring to uh, uh, an investigation that that Michigan has had um, Wilmer Hale, I guess it's a a law firm, conduct uh, an investigation of this and that's how you're referring to that, Jared. So what do you want want all of the alumni base to know? Because again, like I said, when you know, I've known you for a long time. You know, we went to school together. I rooted for you together. I covered Bo's final season there. I talk about what being a Michigan man is, and a Michigan man is is being there for for someone else. And you you were reaching out saying, "Hey, a lot of people are you you've been getting a lot of people asking right. you to appear in places, right? So hopefully this right. this will be that one time, and you don't have to do this uh, any more than right. you want to." Um, so I'm here. And for for the rest of the alumni base, what do you want everyone to know and what do you hope to have come out of all of this? What I'm so surprised about is how Michigan has has taken this and not tried to make everybody holding. Let's close this thing out. They have dragged this thing on. They have now made the players against the academics uh, administration. It has made play. It has split the players and those who think 
They need to support both and those who think that they just need to tell the truth. It's a split. I've, I've talked to you about, you know, having conversations with other players, with group, we're having group chats and whatnot. And it's all, it's split because they don't want, no one wants to get Bo, Bo's name tarnished. But the truth has to come out. And if, if the truth comes out, and in some way, it makes his name not look as well as it. There's some players that we think that Bo would be, look, if I have to take the hit, then I have to take the hit to get this thing fixed. But let's not tear each other apart and still not have anything taken, uh, straightened out when it's all over. Now, his, his name is torn down. This is torn down. The statue torn down. And we still didn't get nothing, nothing situated, nothing straightened out. Still, there's what happened. Who's is still believing on both sides? The bottom line is the man was a monster. The and I say the man, Dr. Anderson was a monster. He was a he did sexual things that he should not have been in the position. Now, why he was in that position? Was it the administrator? Was it the athletic director? Was it the head coach? Whatever. The point is, matter is he was there, and they all knew about his past except the players we didn't know we didn't know about his past but we went through all the things so if we would have known about his past when we went in there and he did those things we'd be like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute no 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 and we would say something we didn't know how can you expect for 21 20 19 year olds for the first time coming from like my small town what physical did we have? What kind of physical did I go through? It wasn't all this. When I got there, got to the University of Michigan, this big time University of Michigan, got all these, all the stuff going on, all the, uh, the best of the best. What am I supposed to think about when I get the, the, the exam that I'm getting? That's what the best of the best gets. How about, what do I have it to compare to? Nothing. But when I got to the pros and saw the difference, I understood. But it already had been in my mind of what the doctor's part is in the program. He's for the program. He's going to do whatever he has to do to make sure that you do what the program needs you to do. So when I got to the pros, the same thing. I'm thinking that the doctor is just for the franchise. He ain't for me. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. So, so what I think is... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, I just want to um, get to what what the message you want for everyone to know and how you think this is going to play out because you're part of a lawsuit, correct? And how how does this all get handled to your satisfaction? Do you think, Jared Bunch? They, number one, you know, they're going to have to accept the responsibility. They have to expect, accept responsibility for putting them in a position and putting all the players, all of us, in the position that we had to be in to see this man. Well, we did not. We, they could have chosen anyone. They could have put anybody in that position. They chose him. And I'm talking about 1986 was 14 years after they first got a, a report about him. And he stayed there how many years afterwards? Come on. The responsibility is on them. That goes for all of them. That goes for administrators. 
and the coaches, it's all. They all knew we didn't know. They, what their actions changed all of our lives and how we see administrators, as how we see coaches, how we see everything. They formed our expectations of every person that we dealt with from that point on. Jared, I hope um, this conversation was um, was what um, you know what you're hoping for, looking for anything that I could do to you know. Like I said, um, it's a very difficult subject because it's a family matter for all of us at Michigan, right? I mean, like we're that yeah. uh, as you point out, your a lot of your 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 colleagues and teammates were are are, are you know hesitant to discuss their experiences. Um, because of it. And, you know, you and I have conversations about how much, you know, uh, Michigan holds a place in our lives. And I speak on behalf of a whole um, alumni base, I would like to say, that we're, we're, we're hoping for the best out of everything right Rich, here. Rich, that, that, that's what makes me, you know, the, the, that's the hardest part for me, is that I, because of, of, of my, I graduated from Michigan, and because of the things that I done on the, did on the football field, it gave me a chance to do a lot of other things in my life. It gave, if I had not graduated from Michigan, played at Michigan, I don't know if I would have been living in Beverly Hills, California. I've lived in Beverly Hills, California. I've had you know, a career in the NFL, in entertainment. I've had a lot of things, good things that happened. They... And that's why it's hard for me to talk about because it's not like I want to erase all that, but I cannot also cannot just overlook what things have happened and could have been avoided if they did the right thing. So now it's to me, they should be trying to fix it, get the things right. Let's all right. Let's figure out how can we fix this? That's not what they're doing now. That's not what they're doing now. Jared, dragging this thing, dragging this thing out. Jared, I appreciate the time. Let's connect down the road. You've got my number. Let's let's keep in touch. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. You bet. Thanks. That's Jared Bunch right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Brave Jared Bunch, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take a break. Lots to take in right there. Uh, we'll be back right here to close up shop on this Thursday show in a moment. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.
What was it like shooting that scene though with Ray Kinsella and his father? I mean, did, how many, how, how long did that? How did that, that how well, we had that? to do that. At, you could notice that we did that at Magic Hour. You also noticed that when that shot pulled back and you saw all those cars, you know, now, but that would have been CG'd. But that was technically, uh, that was all extras that we called on the radio, come be in our movie. And they created that big traffic no. jam. Hold on a second. So that traffic jam, that's a real. That's a real shot. And the people from Iowa came, and so so many people feel like they're a part of that movie. So those thousands and thousands of cars that were in that giant traffic jam that went out on those two lanes, that was real. But in terms of playing it, in terms of, as you said, the, the quiet moment, yeah. how did you work that, Kevin? Well, I, you know, when I did, what I did was I went back to when I first read it. And so I become the audience when I read it. And I when I read it, I went, <gasps> I couldn't believe that it had orchestrated itself to that thing, and I had that feeling on the couch. And so I knew if I played that straight, if I didn't wink at anybody, mm -hmm. that these players did come, you know, that's my corn. <laughs> you know, Phil Robinson is the, is the architect of that movie. You know, um, I tell a story, you know, and I don't tell it well often, but you know, they, they kept coming after me. I wasn't gonna be able to do that movie. I was gonna do Revenge, and I got into a, Finally, that revenge kept getting pushed, kept getting pushed, and finally I had to put my foot down and say, look, uh, if you don't get this movie together, I'm gonna go to do this movie in the corn. I asked the director, why did you hold out for me so long? Why? And he said, well, and this is one of the greatest actors we've ever seen. He goes, they wanted me to do it Robin Williams. And I said, I said, Robin Williams is perfect. He said, yeah, but when I think of Robin, I think he does hear voices in the corn. And I don't want that. People don't believe you hear voices. And that was a really interesting, that was a, that's a director that makes a save. That's a Mariano Rivera, you know, sure. it's a save. He saved his movie because of his belief in an idea, you know, not the quality of actor, because Robin Williams will never, of course, this is, this is a guy so special. But I, but I was curious. I said, he's actually a bigger star than me. You know, you know, whatever. And he goes, I need somebody that you don't think cares voices. And that would be you. I've never heard Robin Williams was considered for that role. That's unbelievable. And then you did it. And obviously we're, we're talking about it today. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. It had gold dust on it when I read it because I did that little intake of breath. <gasps> Do you want to have a catch? And of course I, I wept myself. Oh, I love that interview with Kevin Costner from a couple of years ago. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for everything you need. And appreciate everybody again uh, for um, being here on this program, NBC Sports on Peacock, this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate, also Sirius XM, Channel 211, also uh, Odyssey streaming. Um, and um, appreciate uh, Jared Bunch for um, wanting to talk about his experiences and putting it all out there and... Um, so uh, if you missed any of that, go to our YouTube page. It'll be there. Um, so I guess turning the page back to what we were talking about earlier today, um, the NBA Finals tonight, and we've had two interviews on the subject matter. Back-to-back um, -back days. Jeff Van Gundy yesterday, today John Barry. Jeff Van Gundy calling the action for ESPN on television. John Barry calling the action on ESPN for radio. Both guys, neither of them kind of paused in the middle of my line of questioning to say, don't forget the Bucks now. I had to bring that up. 
seems everybody's got that air of inevitability going into tonight's game, that this thing's a wrap. Convince me otherwise. Giannis come out tonight. And, I'm not going to convince you otherwise. I, I, I mean, think, what is what is I mean, what what? It what just more seems can it, they do? What more can Giannis do? What more can the Bucks do? Yes, Middleton us. needs to make shots. Yes, Brook Lopez needs to be some sort of offensive threat, like we saw to close out the Hawks. But Phoenix is that good defensively to shut that element down. Right. And if Chris Paul <laughs> he seems to be locked in like he was in the second half in game one, and you know Devin Booker didn't really shoot it that well, he's going to have a big night at some point. Right. I just can't see the Bucks stopping them. I can't do it. I can't see it. Not in Phoenix. That's for sure. TJ, you got two cents on the subject matter? Here's two cents. Yesterday, Brockman made a, a statement that the Suns were a potential dynasty. And my initial reaction was to laugh at you, right? But I went home and I I thought about this last night because I was watching uh, Media Day. And I'm watching Aiton and I'm watching Booker. And I'm thinking to myself, is DeAndre Aiton going to get worse at basketball next year? Is Devin Booker going to get worse at basketball next year? No. If they're able to keep Chris Paul and they're able to attract, you know, a few pieces here and there. Yeah, they are getting the benefit of a lot of people getting injured, right? But that's part of sports. Part of the reason that they're in the position that they're in is because they were able to stay healthy. They were winning games. They had, what, the second best record in the league. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. I laughed yeah, at you initially, yeah. but it, it, well, one, it could happen. John um, Barry said "If it, it, it's too bad that Chris isn't 26 yeah. as opposed to 36. Yeah. But... um you know, and it is just the way it goes. The fact that Donovan Mitchell wasn't 100% on the back end of the series against the Clippers, who didn't have Kawhi when they took on the Suns, and then when the Suns did take on the Lakers very early on, things didn't look very good for them when Anthony Davis was all full strength, and then he didn't finish up at yeah, all Stan healthy. Yeah, Stanley kind of pointed this out on, on Twitter the other day. It was like, look, they withstood it. They fought... They grinded. Dude, we thought it was a wrap they when Chris came Paul out the other run. end. Remember Chris Paul went running back to the huddle and it looked like his was shoulder it. was separated, Gone. like it had come out of its yeah. socket. Yeah. And he was, you know, it, his shoulder like was cut. from Lethal Weapon when his, his shoulder <laughs> popped out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then Monty Williams like, yeah, it's not as bad as people think. And he's been phenomenal. And he, yeah. not, even, not even being the only... NBA player to be sat down due to COVID in the playoffs. In the playoffs. There haven't been, there hasn't been another player that's been not there. Even LeBron going in and breaking whatever protocol he broke didn't afford him a sit down. Fine. Yeah. And about the Suns dynasty, Aiton's 22. He's a member of the 723 club. So he'll be 23 soon. What's that, what's that club? 723 Club, yeah. July 23rd is a birthday. Me and TJ have the same birthday, mm-hmm. July 23rd coming up. Right. So does DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. So does Thelma. So does, so does Thelma. <laughs> so does Monica Lewinsky. Of, of, of Eisenschuster um, household fame. Devin Booker's 24, people. He's 24. Let's not forget about that. He's incredible. And yes, He's Chris so Paul, yes, Chris Paul's 36, but with these young kids, he doesn't have to play as many minutes. He could play two or three more years. How about the Camerons? How about the Camerons? How about Mikhail Bridges? How about Jay Crowder, the only player on that team 
prior to his NBA Finals experience. So Bucks win tonight, right? Did Scott Foster officiate? Oh. <laughs> didn't didn't the Suns win a game without they won the Valley Oop game had Scott Foster. A Valley Oop game had Scott Foster. The first one. Scott Chris Foster Paul, is the one who's like trying to figure Chris out who's Paul's coming out on the won. floor. Scott Foster not officiating tonight. He's not. He's not. Okay, there you go. Has he officiated? He didn't officiate game one either, right? He did not. He did not. Oh, they're saving him for the Bucks. They got to take him out of the back pocket oh, to make it close, right? That's the way everybody in the NBA thinks. <laughs> if it's down, yeah, it's down two zero. Let's Scott Foster is refereeing game three, and the rest of the country thinks he's just gonna no comment, dude. He 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 officiated the Valley Oop game. Coach Bud is complaining about the calls, though. They you know Phoenix did shoot. They were, I think they were 25 of 26 from the foul line in game right, one. Right. And, you know, Bucks are kind of pointing towards that. Hey, it needs to be more even. Is Otani playing tonight? It doesn't matter. I need have to know to that, be. too, by the way. I think the Angels are off. Only a few games today. Dude, Otani hit his 30 second home run yesterday. Oh, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you because we, we, we do not do things for clicks around here. We honestly do not. We but don't. we do notice what we people should. are talking. Well, I mean, we do notice what people are talking about, and we do, you know, if it if it interests us, we'll talk about it. Because if you're interested in it, I mean, we, you are serving an audience, but we're not saying things just to, well, that'll get a good click. I honestly, we do not do that. Facts. And you know, tune in to watch me debate uh, somebody about myself. <laughs> um, and so we don't do that sort of thing. But you know, who's definitely. Somebody, you folks who watch our YouTube stream or, or get your get your videos from our YouTube stream or get your Rich Eisen show from our YouTube page, you know what you love to hear talking about is Otani. This guy is of interest. Yeah. When we talk about him, you dig it. We see it. Why not? Why not indeed? And he'll be out there pitching and hitting in the All-Star game, unlike Jose Altuve. <laughs> and we will hit that on tomorrow's program. Can you dig it? I can dig it. Yeah. Brockman, I think it's time for me to send my Otani rookies off to get graded. Let's man. go. Hey, you oh. got some uh, some Clipper Nation love uh, help tomorrow. Paul Shear, the actor, hey. will okay. be on tomorrow's nice. program. And more. We'll see you on Friday, everybody. For those on Peacock, don't go anywhere. We'll take you to your next program. <laughs> 